0: Thanks for downloading this episode of On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, the podcast about how technology is changing the world of communications. To subscribe to the podcast or share feedback, visit us online at ontherecordpodcast.com, on Twitter at ontherecord, or send email to ontherecordpodcast at
1: gmail.com. This is the first of several episodes that will be guest hosted by Paul Gillen. Uh, for those of you who don't know Paul, he's a long-time technology journalist who's worked almost exclusively online since 1999. He has three books out. The first is The New Influencers. Uh, the second is Secrets of Social Media Marketing. And the third is a book called The Joy of Geocaching. Uh, which he wrote uh, with his wife, um, uh, Dana Gillen, and uh, he was a regular columnist for B2B magazine for many years. I am co-writing a book with him on the uh, business-to-business applications of social media, and this is one of several episodes uh, that were conducted uh, as a, as in the course of research for the book. Uh, This uh, episode is with Nick Fishman. He is the chief marketing officer at Employee Screen. Employee Screen is an employee screening services um, company. And uh, this is a discussion with him about how that organization uh, is using social media to reduce its dependence on advertising and to engage with prospects at a deeper level. Um, if you're interested in the B2B uh, interviews that have been conducted so far, just hop on over to the show blog on therecordpodcast.com and search B2B, and you'll be able to get all those episodes and download them. Um, and now without further ado, uh, this is the interview by Paul Gillen, uh, who is guest hosting this episode of On the Record Online, with Nick Fishman of EmployeeScreen.com. Um,
2: Tell me about employee screen. It seems like you guys have a pretty interesting business model.
3: Uh, yeah, well, we we uh, we do background checks for corporations across the country and throughout the world, and uh, you know we're serving companies uh, anywhere from you know your criminal background checks to your education and employment verifications to drug testing, anything a company needs to make an informed decision um, about the people that they're hiring, and uh, we work with over three thousand people, uh, or rather three thousand clients. Um, ranging from Fortune 100 organizations that screen, uh, you know, several thousand people per month all the way down to, you know, those that have less frequent hiring needs. Uh, We have uh, 75 employees, um, uh, over 3,000 customers across the country and around the world. We really don't talk about revenue. We're a privately held company. Um, But, uh, you know, as far as where we are in the screening industry, um, we are what we would consider to be the top of the mid-level providers.
2: And how long has the company been in existence?
3: Uh, just this past August, we celebrated our tenth anniversary. So, believe it or not, in this industry, it makes us a grandfather.
2: Really? Uh, and you say this industry? In fact, is this a? Uh, I'm not even aware of this industry. Is this? Uh, are there quite a few competitors?
3: Yeah, it, it, it certainly. Uh, there, there are quite a few of us around um, the background screening industry. If I were to put a finger on it, I'd probably say that there are in one form or another over a thousand companies that do what we do Um, you know some focus on tenant screening some focus on employment background checks some people do date screening Um, as far as employment screening is concerned maybe roughly half you know maybe there are 500 companies you know around that do this
2: and has the uh, uh, the arrival of all these social media channels changed the nature of your work
3: Uh, it really hasn't. I I think it's changed the nature of what um, employers will use to identify good candidates Um, but the one uh, pitfall and and we speak about it regularly um, and and, and have white papers and all kinds of things about it is this topic of using a social networking site to conduct a background check which is really a big no-no and uh, you, you, you find all kinds of information on a social networking site like Facebook um that it's not the kind of thing that employers want to use when making their hiring decisions
2: yet i've seen research that indicates that uh... over half of corporate hr people uh, say that they do use social networks for that purpose
3: you've seen the career builder uh, study haven't you
2: yeah, i don't remember the source but that may yeah. well have been it
3: i i actually dispute those findings um, I think that if you pulled uh, HR managers, um, first of all, and you uh, ask them, do they use it as a tool for recruiting, I would think that, yes, easily, 50% or more are using it to try and identify good candidates. Um, CareerBuilder had a study, and they've now released it for two years in a row, where um, they found with the people that they polled, um, I think the most recent number was something like 40% of HR managers are using it um, or companies are using social networking tools to do their background checks. And I kind of dispute the findings um, for the, the mere purpose that we deal primarily with mid and large size companies. And when we talk to them about this, we don't know of anyone that is using something like a Facebook, a Twitter, LinkedIn to do their background checks on their employees. And so I really think that the people that responded to that study are probably smaller employers that aren't as evol- evolved in their in their HR techniques, or have the resources necessarily, um, you know, to conduct proper background checks.
2: Uh, I'm curious about why this is such a no-no. Is this a, a liability issue? Are there legal concerns?
3: Yeah, tremendous legal concerns. I, y- there are, there are a couple different laws that uh, that employers have to be aware of, uh, you know, when they when they're screening people, and one is the FCRA, which is the Fair Credit Reporting Act. Um, that's what Allows employers to be able to conduct background checks in the first place, and it's got all kinds of protections in there for consumers, such as you know the fact that you need their authorization to conduct a background check, um, and you need to give them an, the ability to dispute the findings of a background check if you decide not to make a you know if you make a hi- an adverse hiring decision. So that's one of the laws. The other thing is the uh, the EEOC. Um, you know certainly when you go onto somebody's Facebook page, you are able to see their age. You can sometimes see their religion, their sexual orientation, their political beliefs. There's all kinds of information on there that, unfortunately, you know, the, the term we use is you can't unring that bell. So um, even if you weren't using that information to make your hiring decision, there is always the chance that an applicant can come back to you after finding out that you were on their page and um, and you've made an adverse hiring decision to say, wait a second, um, you know, this is a big no-no. So this is, those are probably the two biggies. Um, And, you know, it's something that employers really need to be cognizant of.
0: On May 6th and 7th, 2010 in New York City, co-chairs Elizabeth Albrecht and Eric Schwartzman, with the support of PRSA, bring you the third annual Digital Impact Conference, featuring keynote presentations from Gabriel Stricker, Director of Global Communications and Public Affairs at Google, Jennifer Preston, Social Media Editor of the New York Times, and Jeremiah Oyang, analyst and partner at the Altimeter Group. To save $100 on admission, visit ontherecordpodcast.com for the promo code before you register.
2: I'm interested in, in what how you're using social media. Now, looking at your website you've got a blog you've got podcasts you're on facebook linkedin twitter you're pretty much using every channel you can uh... you're and you're trying to reach primarily a business audience right hr people
3: yeah it's all b2b
2: okay now uh... tell us tell me about the uh... the order in which you adopted these different platforms and why you chose that order
3: okay well we started with search engine optimization And I would tell you that um, we were one of the early adopters in a B2B environment on on search engine optimization. And it really happened, I I hate to say it, by accident. Um, We had a a good friend that we worked with that was at a job board um, that was really big into technology. And he left there and decided he was going to kind of dabble into uh, SEO. And so um, he just said to us, you know, I'd love to be able to do a model for you, see if we can build some kind of search engine optimization program. And my business partner and I kind of looked at each other and we're like, well, let's throw the guy a bone. Not, you know, not really knowing what to expect with it. Um, within one year's time, by the way, his name is Joel Cheeseman. He's now with, uh, with Jobbing.com. Um, and um, within about one year... Joel had us on the first page anytime somebody typed in background checks or employment background checks or background screening all the you know the important keywords uh, you know for people in our in our industry and so um, we started getting a flood of leads. We got a flood of web traffic um, and you know as opposed to you know some other but I had mentioned before that uh, being ten years old makes us a grandfather in the industry, but compared to some of the stalwarts that had been around forever we were able to find the place where they just hadn't been. And so um, as we continued to develop our marketing initiatives, it was our goal as a company to do things differently than other people were doing out there, both, you know, of course, in the services that we were offering, but also in our marketing um, uh, approach. And it certainly helped that human resource professionals are really um, close to the leading edge when it comes to utilizing technology out there. And so, um, you know, the next thing was our blog, um, you know, we knew content was king, and so we started creating more content, both, you know, for purposes of SEO, but also as a, as a way to stand out in the crowd. And we got, you know, pretty successful with that. And I would say it's about three years ago now, we came up with the concept of Employee Screen University. Um, and the university was, as I like to refer to it, kind of marketing in a box, so what the university does is it's a first-of-its-kind interactive learning uh, community for HR professionals to kind of learn about background checks. And the concept of an online university in itself is not that all that unique, but certainly within our industry, um, we were the first to market with it. Um, and w- we saw the university as a way of not only driving SEO driving brand awareness and, and and also driving our core competencies and and being known out there as the voice in the industry. Um, but it was also a great way of courting media um, and a great way of educating the marketplace. And so um, you know originally that university was, you know, there were articles that we had written on, on, on various topics. It included our company newsletter, um and uh, our blog was plugged in there we also had um some outside experts that would write guest content there and it's evolved to the point now where we've also built in podcasts into it we do webinars um there's a lot of multimedia there and so um again we kind of just saw this as a, as a place where nobody else had been we started marketing towards it and um and and we've really put a lot of our marketing eggs in the um into the the whole social media thing.
2: Now, do you charge for any of these services?
3: No, no, it's all free.
2: And uh, what what has been the uh, the result of that? I mean, can you cite the number of of quote students you've had, and what percentage of those, I guess, have become clients?
3: Well, it, it's it's not students in the sense that uh, you know that we're giving them a degree or anything like that. We really measure it in visitors. Um, and you know, the first few months that, that, that we had launched the thing, we maybe had a couple hundred visitors onto the site. Um, it, it, it ballooned, Um, you know, we got regularly about anywhere between five and 7,000 visitors a month, which for a B2B is, is, is a real, is a really great thing. But most, but most importantly for us and this is how we really measure its success, 25% of people that come into that university are clicking over into our corporate site, and that's where we know things are working.
2: And do you have a way of measuring, uh, uh, when they enter that funnel, measuring uh, how many of them actually become paying clients?
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. What so kind of numbers are you seeing there? We, we measure analytics. Uh, th- you know, that I, I don't know off the top of my head, Um, but we're we're pretty comfortable with our conversion rate. And honestly, I really don't know what the number is off the top. I'd be making something up.
2: And you followed up now more recently with some of the social networks. What's the thinking there?
3: Uh, Well, you know, again, it's always been where where are your customers going to be? And because HR folks, you know, were really early adopters of the whole concept of, you know, LinkedIn. LinkedIn, in essence, was created for HR people and recruiters. Um, and, and it's uh, since then you know, really taken off just in the business community in general. Um, and so, you know, of course, your buyers are going to be there. Why not be on LinkedIn? Um, Facebook, again, um, it was uh, you know, prime ground for recruiters to try and find candidates. And so um, you know, we wanted to be there as well. And uh, you know, Twitter is one of those things. We're there. Um, we do it. We, you know, we'll tie in, you know, a lot of things between Facebook, LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, I can't really tell you that Twitter has been, um, you know, a godsend for us, but we know that HR folks are on there. So we've been there and, you know, to the extent it's helped, I can't really measure it, but we're out there.
2: Are you doing anything special within the social networks? I see you have a fan page on Facebook. There's a company page on LinkedIn. Are you doing anything else with uh, with groups or with using some of the uh additional features of facebook
3: yeah uh, with facebook other than the fact that we've created fan pages and we've actually built brought brought a lot of content from the university into it so you know if we have speaking engagements or we're going to be exhibiting at conferences and things like that we'll post that into those pages uh you know we'll also post new content um that aside though i can't really tell you we've done anything else special um, in terms of uh in in terms of the use of facebook linkedin we've kind of done the same thing we created uh you know a group um, for best practices in background screening and um, you know slowly but surely we're building up our, our our uh you know the number of people that are a part of that group and building up the content there as well.
0: Since 2005, On the Record Online has been podcasting live from conferences and trade shows where thought leaders discuss the impact of technology on the world of communications. To have On the Record Online podcast live at your next event, send email to ontherecordpodcast at gmail.com or tweet us at On the Record.
2: Are you able to measure... uh any impact on your business from those new outposts in the social networks?
3: Honestly, not really not yet. I would say it's too early for us. Um, you know we, we know it's effective. we don't know exactly how effective it is. and the other thing is it really doesn't take all that much time on our behalf. so um, you know again, when you talk about all these social media things, all of these things that we've been doing, there it, there's really not a high cost to doing it. It's just the you know the time commitment. Um, and, uh, and, and and we think it's been, you know, quite successful for us. But I can't measure exactly yet what these fan pages have done or haven't done.
2: How about any uh, best practices or secrets you've learned? And maybe we can start with the blog, which you've been doing the longest. What, what uh, uh, tricks have you learned to maximize impact and audience?
3: Good question. Well, a lot of it is I think that the most relevant or the, the most viewed blog post that we've had, um, are things that we never expected. Um, they're, they're, they're things that that catch on to a story of the day. Uh, you know, I can tell you that the number one blog post that we've ever had, and, it, and it'll surprise you. Um, have you ever heard of uh, Robert Irvine, the chef that was on uh, a Food Network? Uh, he uh, did he he's uh, the chef on Dinner Impossible.
2: Can't say I have.
3: Okay, well, he, uh, he, it's a it's a big show on the Food Network, and. Um, he was terminated from his uh, from his job about two years ago because they had made claims that he cooked for you know the Queen of England and he you know was part of their their staff there. Turned out that he had uh, fudged his resume, and so we wrote about it and um, we had more comments, more people posting uh, comments and, and and just looking at that. Um, piece than anything we've ever done I, I think the most popular things that we do is when we're commenting on current events you know I write blog posts from time to time about correlating things that are going on with sports um, to background checks and things like that. So um, that, that's, I think that that's been the recipe for bringing, viewer, uh, or bringing visitors in. The other thing is just having reliable, relevant content where you're not just putting out there, hey, uh, you know, buy from me, buy from me, but just explaining why you are the best at what you do. And you do that through content and through knowledge. Just being able to identify yourself as the expert without telling them to buy your service from you.
2: Working with a B2B audience, you know, you see B2C blogs, which uh, are often very, uh, they may be very opinionated, controversial in tone. Uh, You're dealing with an audience that has a very specific professional uh, job to do. How does that affect the way you speak to those people?
3: You need to be very careful. Um, I, I think that, you know, our rule to start out with is that we try and keep politics out of our blog. Um, we also, you know, again, because we're kind of an advocate for employers, we do our best in most cases not to call employers out for things that we find um, that they're doing relative to, you know, background checks. Um, you, you know, we also try and keep religion out of it as well. And, you know, we're not trying to, in anything that we do, we're not trying to inflame uh, a topic just to get viewers Um, And I think that that's a little bit different than consumer sites and and, and some other just general blogs that you'll see out there. Um, And so, um, you know, the message is always professional. Everything that you post uh, has to, you know, have relevance to, you know, to what we do. And um, not so heavy that it's boring and long and and, and burdening to read, but uh, just where somebody can get quick hits on what they need within our industry.
2: Well, what kind of traffic can you share me with with me what kind of uh, viewership you're getting on the blog
3: on our blog anywhere between three thousand to four thousand visitors a, a week Wow
2: <laughs> a that's given month. very good
3: <laughs> yeah but again we started doing it so early you know we've got we've got a great following and you know again the other thing that I can tell you that, that makes a difference is we tie everything into our corporate page so even off the home page on my corporate site you you know we've got um rss feeds that show you what the latest blog post was what the latest post was to the university and so it helps that we have such great traffic coming into our corporate site that um uh, you know that then we get them hooked in by the content we're, we're building
2: how about the podcast when did those start
3: i think that we've been doing that for uh, close to three years now maybe
2: mostly in the context of the university or, or uh, is there more to them
3: No, a little, you know, it's just part of the university. Um, The the type of uh, podcasts that we've done um, are threefold. One is, uh, it was related to the university. It's something that we called uh, This Week in Background Checks. Uh, One of my favorite shows when I was growing up uh, was This Week in Baseball. Yes, I remember that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I tried to to model uh, This Week in Background Checks after that. And what we would do is we would take, the best of what we had posted both on the blog, excuse me, on the blog and the university. Um, and we do like a weekly recap. And so that was one of the things that we used it for. Um, the other thing that we use it for is, um, for instance, if, if some important legal topic is coming up, uh, we'll talk with our attorneys and we'll put a podcast out that, you know, if people are willing to give us their email address and, you know, some various information that they can go ahead and download that podcast um, and uh, also, our podcasts are available on iTunes as well. We started a channel. Um, the other thing that we use it for is just to talk with outsiders, um, but industry experts uh, you know, in related fields. And so we'll use it for that as well. Um, the new thing that we've gotten into within the last year is some video stuff where we've started our own YouTube channel. Um, and we've, we've posted various video as well.
2: Do you use outside help for this, or do you do it all yourself?
3: Some of it's outside, some of it's inside. Um, usually what, what we find is it might take an outsider to kind of show us how to do something one time, and then we just learn how to do it, and, you know, we do it ourselves. So it's a, it's a mix.
2: Part of building inbound links is getting uh, attention of other bloggers and uh, and getting them to link to you. Do, you. do you have any any process that's proved effective to do that?
3: Well, you know, you have people all the time that are asking you to link to their blog and wanting you to put content up there. And so our rhyme of reason or reason is always, you know, certainly relevance, um, expertise. So if somebody brings a new point of view um, and a good point of view that, that, that you want to share, then of course you want to bring them in. But, you know, like everything else, your business and your reputation, um, you know, is is all you have. So you don't want to just let anybody that wants to. Uh, come onto your site and and offer links there. So, you know, we're 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 very careful about who we link to, um, and and the companies that you know that link back to us. So, you know, I, I think I think that that's the answer.
2: You, you said you're getting about three to four thousand visitors a week to the blog. Are you getting the same kind of click through rates from that group that you do to the university?
3: Yeah, I haven't measured that one as close um, as close, and I couldn't really tell you why. I'm sure the stats are there. I just probably haven't been paying as much attention to them lately.
2: So it sounds like a lot of this you you do on the on the faith that it, it has worked in the past and will continue working in the future, but it doesn't sound like you're too bound up in metrics.
3: No, I mean, we look at our metrics every week, um, it, but I, that, that particular stat that you're talking about, I just haven't paid attention to in a while.
2: What stats do you pay attention to?
3: Uh, visitors, unique visitors, the time that they spend on the site, um, what particular articles they're clicking to, um, and, and how much time they're spending there. Uh, we even have, uh, are able to measure who's on our site um, by domain name, and um, that, that's very helpful that we, and we pay attention to that as well.
0: The top-rated, longest-running social media communications training program comes to Los Angeles this August, 2010. Bring your laptop, log on, and learn the ins and outs of effective social media communications and search engine optimization. Reserve your space by logging on to www.newmediaprbootcamp.com.
2: And do you do any external advertising?
3: You know, we do some, but at the end of the day what we've been able to, to, to come up with is that um you know, this social media stuff and, and and the webinars that we put on and um some of the online sponsorships, all the, you know, the various things that the, the the organic social networking um and internet technology that we've been using is far greater than traditional advertising.
2: You talked about your search results uh, early in your campaign. Of course, uh, now you've probably got a whole lot more competitors who are trying to compete with you for SEO. Are your Is your performance as good as it was three years ago?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the reason is is, you know, once you're there, unless you just stop doing things, you're going to stay there. And so, you know, SEO is always going to be important to what we do. Um, and you know all, you know all the things that are um, incorpor- incorporated into SEO you know number of outside links number of visitors relevance all those things and and so it's helped that we started there and uh, and we continue to be there
2: is there any rigor or discipline you use when you are uh, posting written content to use certain keywords for example or certain packaging of uh, certain ways that you package content that have proven effective for you
3: yeah, but you need to really be careful. I think we learned early on that just taking the most obvious keywords and linking them back to your corporate site uh, eventually just is going to do you no good. So, in other words, background checks was a big word for us. And every time we put background checks into a blog post, um, you know, we we'd link it back into our corporate site. And we kind of learned after after a period of time that at the end of the day, if anything else, it could be hurting you to do that. And so um, the w- w- we'll search for the most relevant. Um, keywords that we know our, uh, you know, our marketplace is looking for. And, you know, we'll write posts relative to that and we'll link it to um, content that we've already developed on it where we're not necessarily just sending them back to our corporate homepage. Um, And so, yes, absolutely, that's important.
2: Uh, Do you see any developments? Of course, there's all of this activity now with Google Buzz is out there and uh, uh, the Google Wave and uh, all of these Social networks are now cross connecting and integrating with each other have you Have you had a chance to make sense of that as in terms of what it means to you
3: no and i'd love I'd love to know the answer <laughs> um, it, it, every single day there's a new technology out there you know buzz is just the latest thing, and it's just like anything else we've ever done. you know you sit around and you wait and you see uh, you can sit around and wait and see what it's going to do or you just jump on and just make it a part of your um, you know uh, uh, of what you're doing, and you kind of dip your foot in the water and see what works and what doesn't. Um, I, I don't even have an opinion on buzz at this point, um, other than the fact that i've I've seen it, it looks okay. Um, but just like you're saying, there are so many technologies that are being developed every single day. you don't know what's going to be relevant and what isn't. So uh, just knowing about them, experimenting with them, and seeing what works is probably the best case uh, you know for all of these things.
2: And do you have any disciplined approach to finding out what your target customers are using, or do you just get a feel for it over time?
3: I think you just get a feel for it over time. I, um, you know, of course, you'll read industry periodicals, and you'll read statistics, and, 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 and that's all very helpful. Um, but I, I would say generally you just get a feel for where people are.
2: You're one of the more together people I've talked to and uh, in, uh, certainly in a B2B realm about understanding the dynamics of, the, of this. Uh, what is your background and what, what about your background made this so natural for you to adopt these tools?
3: Oh, that that's fairly scary that i'm one of the uh one of the most uh well articulated in this area it's
2: scary isn't it <laughs> yeah i
3: i i i guess it is uh in essence in answer there's pretty much nothing in my background that would point to us doing uh doing this uh i came from a background uh, i was in the sports marketing field um and i got into the background check business almost by accident um so I would tell you that Um, I, you know, the president of our company, his name is Jason Morris, has always been fascinated um, with the power of technology, with, you know, pushing the envelope and doing new things. And it took me a couple years to really get my arms around it. But once I did, um, and uh, I was telling you about Joel Cheeseman, another real mentor to me in this regard, um, I, I just realized the power of it and realized that, you know, one small guy really can make very big waves um, by following some of these techniques. So, um, you know, I can't even say that I was, I was the reason we started doing this. Um, I can tell you that I'm a big believer in it now, and there's no way I would depart from this. Um, but that, that's, that's kind of the answer. Do
2: you, do you have any sense of the impact, overall impact on your business of these activities?
3: No, I really don't I can tell you I can tell you all the stats that we look at and how many people are coming in. I can tell you um, by feel you know that when we started with SEO um we were getting you know a small number of leads into our site every single day to the point where we were getting. Uh, we didn't know what to do with all the leads that we were getting uh, as we were hitting the, you know, the top-ranked pages. So to that extent, I can tell you that it was driving business for a long time, and it continues to drive business. Um, the one thing that fascinates me and sometimes kills me is is that over time, everything changes, and so you need to be – you know, staying on top of things when it comes to search engine optimization, staying on top of things when it comes to trends for how people are using these things, because what you did today is not going to be what you do tomorrow to continue to make sure that you're successful.
2: Is there any any example or any story that you can tell about something that particularly memorable from this experience, uh, A uh, an article you wrote, a contact that you had from a customer? I mean, when you think of the success that you've had, uh, what has uh, uh, does anything stand out?
3: I think what stands out the most is again we you know especially the the university more than anything stands out to me um, because we were the first uh, to it um, we got su- such good publicity uh because of it, and not only were we getting um, publicity from the general media, which is you know how we describe it as gravy but really where it made the most impact is in the trade publications where we really wanted it to count and so um, we were a little bit surprised by how many people picked it up and um, and so I guess that, that, that that's my my best recollection of you know everything going on you know my other memory too is just the fact that when we first invested in SEO it was almost like a side thing for us we you know we thought it was going to be nothing and it really turned into you know the thing that got us on the map.
2: Any tricks? You mentioned the time commitment. Some of this stuff is pretty time consuming. Have you learned any tricks to reduce that uh, that time commitment?
3: Uh, WordPress has been a godsend. Um, we we originally launched uh, the university, for instance, um, on a uh, a paid um, content management system, and the content management system probably. Uh, it, well, it was a lot more expensive than using something like WordPress, and on top of that, it was much more cumbersome than using something like WordPress. And so, um, you, WordPress to us has been great because, again, you you take advantage of all the RSS feeds and you take advantage of all the plugins that they have available, and it makes your life a heck of a lot easier. So, I mean, that, that's my one, uh, the one thing that I would I would highlight.
2: Can you just give me an idea of how large the company is?
3: Uh, we uh, we have uh, seventy five employees, um, uh, over three thousand customers a- across the country and around the world. We really don't talk about revenue. We're a privately held company, um, but uh, you know, as far as where we are in the screening industry, um, we are what we would consider to be the top of the mid level providers.
0: You've been listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman. The podcast about how technology is changing the world of communications. To subscribe to the podcast or share feedback, visit us online at ontherecordpodcast.com, on Twitter at ontherecord, or send email to ontherecordpodcast at gmail.com.